uh, message I want to share with you this evening is um, it's one I wrote just not too terrible long ago. It's and I titled it "No Longer Silent, No Longer Broken." Um, it's actually I took some of the notes from a message that I heard preached by Rhonda's son, my wife's son. He's a he's now a fifth generation uh, preacher. So he's he's from a long lineage of of preachers. His his uh, grandfather was one of my childhood pastors. Um, my wife, my current wife, my her husband was one of my childhood friends. Her first husband, he died a few years ago, and and we got together, kind of weird deal, but I won't go into that deal. But it was he's a fifth generation pastor. Um, he's on staff at a church in Pryor, Oklahoma, and and it was actually his his very first sermon he ever delivered to their congregation. So it was pretty cool. We went to listen to him, and but something he said really hit a chord inside of me that I had to take that, just, just that one line, and, and I developed a sermon from that. But he said, if the enemy can keep you silent, he can keep you broken. So think about that for a minute. If, if the enemy can keep you silent, he can keep you broken. If the enemy can isolate you, keep you from realizing that you're, you're not alone, if he keeps you alone feeling, um, if, he, if he keeps you bound in fear, discouragement, maybe even embarrassment, if he can keep you thinking you're the only one with this problem, that you're all alone in your struggle, you're just too weak to handle life. If the enemy can stifle you and separate you and keep you vulnerable and keep you silent, he can keep you broken. And by that, I mean he can keep you feeling like you're the only one in the world with dealing with this issue, that you're all alone. No one else knows, will ever understand what you're going through. So he keeps you isolated. Um, you know, you think about that, and, and I'm, you know, from a veteran perspective, from a military perspective, you know, what happens if your enemy can isolate you from the rest of your crew? They got you, right? Well, that's, you look at that in the spiritual realm, it's the same fashion. If our enemy of our soul can isolate us, if he can get us out here on a lot where we're feeling alone and, and no one else is around us, keeps us in the dark, then he has us right where he wants us. And, and he can just continue to just eat away at us and eat away at us. Now, <clears throat> consider this for a moment. How do you fit into that description? I, I don't, you know, I, I don't really, I don't need your answer. I don't, I don't want to know your answer, but I want you to be honest with yourself for a second. Did what I just described fit any part of your life? Is there places in your life where you feel like what I just described? Like you've got a struggle, you've got an issue, maybe something you never shared with anyone. Maybe, maybe it is something that's common, but you, you have not dealt with that and, and the enemy has you isolated. You know, I want you to really consider that for a minute. Do you have someone in your life that you feel broken? Now consider this, that brokenness sets us up for surrender. Now, again, I, I know we talk about this sometimes when we're dealing with veterans. You know, surrender is not your vocabulary. It's not something that you were ever, I mean, that's not a, that's not a word you discussed. Was, you know, we're not going to surrender. We, you know, we're going to fight to the end. We, we're going to win this thing. But, but if you think about it in a, in a spiritual perspective, surrender is very much necessary. Without surrender, we, we can't be worked with. Until we surrender ourselves to Christ, we don't, we don't have anything that he can use. Right? I mean, he can't use us in our own power. But brokenness sets us up for surrender. 
But surrender sets us up for salvation. So brokenness sets us up to where we can surrender our lives to Christ. And then in that surrender, that sets us up for salvation. Salvation sets us up for redemption. And redemption sets us free. So the Bible says that you overcome by the enemy, you overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, which is our surrender to the Lord, our, our repentance, our invitation that's asking Jesus into our heart and, and, and to become our Lord. And we overcome by the word of our testimony. Your testimony is your story. We, we talked a little bit about this last night. It, it's not the story of all we've gone through. It's, it's not our story of where we've been. It's, it's not our story about our past life. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want to glorify my past life. I don't want to glorify who I was. I want to glorify who I am today, who he's, who he's brought me to be. And, and it's, so it's, it's, our, our story is, is not about our past life of sin or struggle, but we overcome by the blood of Jesus washing us clean and by the word of our testimony, our story of redemption, our story of how Christ has freed us from the bondage of our sin and set us free from the judgment of our past. The story of redemption, the story that, of Jesus setting us free from our brokenness. And, and you know, what, what you need to consider is, is as you find yourself in that place, as you find yourself in the place of surrender, you find yourself allowing Christ into your life, and, and, and as, you, as you begin this process of redemption, you know, being redeemed, being set free. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of different philosophy out there. I, I, don't, I won't break into that. But, you know, in my, in my mind and in my heart, um, we're not fully redeemed until we stand before Christ. And he says, enter into my rest, a good and faithful servant. That redemption is a process. So we're going to continue. We're going to continue to pursue that, that, that redeeming process that, that Christ has done for us. Um, but as you tell your story to others, you allow them the opportunity to choose this same freedom. It's, in our, it's, it's our actual calling. It's what Jesus meant when he, he gave this great commission to his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, we, we often reference that the, the, the great commission is the word go. That's, that's actually not the commission. The commission isn't to go. We go all the time. We're the goingest people on earth today. I mean, there's always somewhere to go. And so the, the commission isn't the word go. The commission is preach the gospel and make followers. That, that's the commission that he intends with his disciples. And that's what he intends for us to go into all the world and, and preach the gospel, the good news, the story of how Jesus sets you free. As a follower of Christ, it's our calling to tell our story, to, to share how Jesus broke the chains in our life, how we are no longer bound to sin, but have been set free by the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice for us. If, if you're if you're if you're hearing this today, I mean, if you're really understanding what I'm what I'm saying, and you're not walking in freedom, if you're still bound by some sin or brokenness in your life, I, I want to tell you that there's there's hope. There's there's a freedom. There's a way out of your brokenness, and and his name is Jesus. He set me free. He set me free from this bondage that I held inside of me forever. Um, and he'll do the same for you. All you, you got to do is ask. You know, it's, it's like if I were to put a gift out here and tell you, hey, this, this gift, you know, this is for you. What do you have to do to get it? You've got to take it. I mean, if I set the gift there and say, hey, that's your gift, and you never come and get it, you're never going to know what's in it. 
And that's exactly what Jesus, Jesus is, he's become this gift, this, this gift of freedom. But if we don't unwrap it, if we don't, if we don't take it in to, to our ownership, we, we don't have the freedom that he's desiring for us. It's all up to you. Don't let the enemy of your soul keep you silent any longer. Surrender your heart to God in the midst of your brokenness and let the Lord of Lords set you free. And it can happen right here and right now. Freedom comes in so many ways for, for many of us. You know, I, uh, a lot of us have, have found ourselves in a, in a relationship with Christ. And man, we're doing good, but we've we got our dark days. Most, most all of us still have our dark days. We've got those days where things just don't go together like we want them to. We've got our days where, you know, life just is a, is a struggle. Um, I shared with some of these guys this, this weekend that as we prepared for the, for the Peterson deer hunt in November, um, man, I had a lot of things going on. It was, it was just, it was, I was busy. There was, there was just some struggles I was having to deal with. And I, I just, I kind of hit this point where I thought, you know what? I really don't want to do this anymore. And I'm not saying I didn't want to do the Peterson thing anymore. I didn't want to be a minister anymore. You know, give me my coffee on my front porch in my country little setting out there where it's quiet and I can watch the cows and hear the coyotes, and I'm happy. I don't need this stress anymore. You know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm just tired of dealing with people. I'm tired of dealing with their stress. I'm tired of dealing with their issues. It just kind of hit me. It just overwhelmed me, you know. But I'm here tonight, and I didn't miss the Peterson deer hunt. Why? Because I can't, I can't stop what's in me. I can't, I can't not do what God's given me to do because I'm miserable if I don't. <laughs> I can't push on. I can't not push on because if I don't, I'm miserable. You know, so this, this, this freedom that he gave me from the bondage that I was in before I gave my life to Christ, it, I mean, it saved my life. It set me free. It, it, it really began to show me the purpose that he had for me all along. It took me forever to find it. And, and now that I've found it, you know, the, yeah, there's days that, man, it's a challenge. You know, ministry's tough sometimes. Uh, ministry life is tough sometimes. And, uh, you know, it takes you away from your family. You know, it puts you on a road. You travel. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're busy. You got people, you know, constantly bombarding you with, hey, won't you join us for this Bible study today? You know? <laughs> right? I mean, you know, you get 27 requests. I, I have a hard time doing 27 of them of a, of a morning, you know? So somewhere I got to turn something away. But, but what, God, what God showed me was I rescued you out of that bondage. I rescued you out of that so that you can serve my purpose. You, you've served your purpose all, all this time. Now it's, now it's my turn. You know, I set you free so that you can be who I need you to be. And that you can speak the things I need you to speak and, and go where I need you to go. And that's exactly what he was saying to his disciples. You know, you've, you've been given all this time with me. You've, you've been given all this teaching, all this instruction. Now take that and go into this world and set the captives free. And that's the same calling he's given to you tonight. If you've been saved for 27 years or you've never met him, the call is the same. He's looking for you tonight to answer the call, to, to, to repair the brokenness inside you and to set you free so that you can do the things that he's asked you to do, that you can be the man of God that he has called you to be. 
from the very beginning, before you ever knew you, before he ever formed you. He already set you apart. So tonight, as, as, as we get ready to pray, I, I'm, I really just want to ask you to really contemplate this. I mean, this is our last, last moment together, this last evening of ministry time together. You know, this isn't the end of things. You know, you're going to leave here. You're going to go back to your life. You're going to go back to your challenges and your struggles. You know, I've, I've I preached a message. Uh, I, I preach it from time to time. It's that, and I, the, the title of that sermon is, is Experience Versus Encounter. Don't, don't let this be an experience. See, an experience is just an emotional thing. It, it's, it's just a fleshly emotion. That's an experience. You might feel like, whew, you know, he's talking to me tonight or, you know, God's really messing with me tonight. I really need to do something about this. If, if you don't allow him to fix your brokenness tonight, if you don't surrender to him tonight, then what that becomes is an experience. Tomorrow you're going back to your old life. I mean, I, I did this my whole life. Being raised in church, I, I made those altar calls because it was an emotional time. I went to church camp and it was an emotional time. And man, I'll ne- I'm, I'm never going to be the same again. I'm always going to be. And then I get home. And I go right back into my same old rut, doing the same old thing constantly. It was just an experience. But somebody, I don't know who, which one of you mentioned this week, some, um, you mentioned Saul. See, Saul was this persecutor of Christians. You know, he's killing, he's killing Christians. He's, that's his job. I mean, that's his job. And, and here he is on this road to Damascus, and the angel of the Lord you know, knocks him to the ground and blinds him. And he begins to speak to him. You know, he's like, dude, I, all the, you know, these guys that are standing there with Saul, they're hearing this voice, but they can't see nothing. Saul can't see anything. He's done knocked him blind. And he gives him this instruction. You know, Saul, I want you to go to this place. And then you wait. And, and the messenger's going to come. So here, you know, Saul's got this crazy thing going on. He don't know what else to do. He, he recognizes that it's got to be God. So he goes and he waits. And, and then God gives, the angel of the Lord gives instruction to, to one of the disciples, one of the followers, and he says, hey, I need you to go talk to this dude named Saul. And he's like, whoa, wait a minute. That dude's killing people, man. He's got a hit list. And, so we, and I love how the description goes. You need to go to this house on a street named Straight. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that, to me, that's just cool. I don't know why it's cool. We go to a house on a street named Straight. You're going to find a man there, Saul, and he is waiting for you because he needs to hear what you have to say. And see, what happened with Saul is that wasn't an emotional experience. This dude's blind. He's been struck blind. He's actually got scales, like, over his eyes. And as Ananias goes and he begins to speak the truth to him, the scales fall from his eyes, and he can see. And what's really cool is that dude named Saul became the dude named Paul. That's an encounter with God. Saul no longer exists. He's now Paul, a disciple of Jesus Christ. That, that, that's what he's looking for. There's, you know, there's a couple other descriptions I like to use in there. You know, one of them is Peter. Peter. Peter's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Peter's a knucklehead. You know, I mean, he's just a knucklehead. Some of the things that dude did. And, but, but one of the coolest parts is here comes Jesus. You know, they've, they've had this ministry time, and he sends the disciples on so he can go be alone and kind of refresh and recharge the batteries a little bit. And So here these disciples, they're, they're rowing across the, the sea, and it's, it's windy, and they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting, and here comes Jesus just cruising along on the water. 
Well, the Bible describes at first they thought he was a ghost. You know, and Jesus is like, man, don't be afraid. It's just me. Well, Peter, I, you know, if that's really you, you tell me to come out on the water with you. Jesus didn't hesitate. He said, come on. And see, I think, and, and I, I use a lot of different versions when I study the Bible. One of them is the MOV, which is my own version. And, and so I'm warning you that this is coming from the MOV right here because I don't think, I don't think he was just talking to Peter. So I think, he was, I think the invitation went out to everyone in that boat. Come on. But Peter's the only knucklehead getting out of the boat. He's the only one that would step over that rail. And, and what does it describe? The Bible describes that Peter begins to walk on water out towards Jesus. Now, we're still in an experience here. That's not an encounter yet. He may be walking on water, but it's still an experience. It's an emotional thing going on. Because what happens? He takes his eyes off the Lord. And he sinks. And he immediately cries out, Jesus, save me. Jesus, Bob describes it. He reaches out his hand. He lifts him up. Now, again, coming up from the MOV because it's not recorded anywhere else. How'd they get back in the boat? Peter walked with Jesus. Because I, I, I think if Jesus would have carried him back to the boat, it probably would have described that. That, you know, here this man, the lacks of faith, you know, I had to carry him back to the boat. But didn't do that. So in, in my version, I, I believe that Peter and Jesus walked back to the boat together. That's an encounter. That's going to change you forever. The, the last one I'll tell you, the dude hanging on the cross. Jesus hanging between two thieves. The one of them's cursing him, cussing him, you know, just mouthing him. And, and here this other one's telling his buddy, man, just shut up. We deserve this. We bought our ticket here. He's done nothing wrong. And all he said to Jesus was, Lord, today when you enter your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus simply told him that today you'll be with me in paradise. So he, he went from this experience on the, on the cross. And the moment he took his last breath, he encountered Jesus on the other side in paradise life-changing and that's what he's asking of you tonight don't let this just be an experience don't let this week be an experience let this be an encounter with god that changes you forever that you you don't go home and go back to your old ways that you go home pursuing christ with everything you have in you amen let's pray